Welcome to this week's episode of Stock is for Squares. It's episode 48. And I'm Slade. And I'm Stretch. And we're late. But it's fine. As long as you're going to edit today. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'll get it out tonight. This is a... This is like how some podcasts do it where they record on the same day and yeah. have it out the same day. That's a long day. Yeah, it is a long day. That's a lot of commitment. Yep. What are you eating over there, my friend? Um, it's a tofu scramble. It's delicious. I looked at it and it made me gag a little bit. Why? <laughs> it looks terrible. Dude, it's delicious. It's better than scrambled eggs. Doubt it. Grab a little piece right there. Right there. Dude, no, it's not. You've been away <laughs> too long. That is not right. It's not I, oh my gosh, I can't believe you got me to try that. <laughs> Stretch ate tofu. So we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it classy. <laughs> it's not supposed to taste like eggs. It's seasoned. It's like, is that curry or something? I don't know what that yeah, is. Yeah, that was curry. I mean, the, the curry flavor wasn't the bad part. It was the... The texture. <laughs> the sponge that I was yeah. biting into. Tofu is not great, man. Yeah. <laughs> I went to Vertical Diner last night, the vegan place. Did you? And had this stuff. It's called tempeh mm-hmm. on a Philly cheesesteak sub like I've told you about before. Yeah. Style sub. Holy crap, it's that good. Man. We're going there one time. You're going to eat it and you're going to like it. It's not like this. It's not like this. I'll keep an open mind. So, dude... I haven't seen you in a while because I was out of town. Yeah. You went to Cherry Creek last weekend. I think it was two weekends ago, wasn't it? No. I don't know. It was last Saturday. Oh, okay. It was last Saturday. You imagine that? My legs are back to normal a little bit. (laughs) I've still got bruises like a madman, though. Oh, yeah? Um, What'd you do? I wrecked. Oh. And then I wrecked a few more times. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) No, so uh, I was down in Cherry Creek. (laughs) Crick. Take get it right. Get it right. <laughs> Cherry Creek. Um, went riding with a buddy from work, and he's one of those old desert racer guys that goes and does the hair scrambles and will ride the 100 mile desert races and stuff like that. And so um, I knew what I was getting into when I was going with him. And I was like, it's going to be a long day. We're going to be riding. Oh man, I'm getting gassy. That tofu ripped me up something nasty <laughs> real like, quick. You had like a dime size. It's not the Mountain Dew, I swear. <laughs> Blaming it on that. All right. So, the dude, when he goes and rides, he goes on like 60 mile loops and stuff, which is insane. That is far. That is and a long freaking ride. You've got a big tank. I've got a, yeah, I've got the five gallon Enduro tank, so I can handle it, but. I can't handle it, <laughs> you know. So the dude's like a marathon runner, and I'm like a not a marathon runner. Like you just don't yeah. run. <laughs> so here's that's how I am. here's how I I explain it to some people where they understand. So you know when you go to a ski resort and your buddies that have snowboards they get off the lift at the top. They coast down about 20 feet out of the way of the lift, and then they sit down. Yep. They strap in, they BS, and they go down, you know, 100 yards down the the mountain, do something, and they sit down and stop. (laughs) Yep. And then they BS for a while, and then they start going again. That's how we normally ride dirt bikes. Yeah. We ride to a jump. We jump it a few times, sit there and BS about it. Then we go find the next thing. 
Yeah. We'll do that for a minute. And then we hang out for a while and we go. So we kind of do that thing. Well, skiing, you go up the lift and you just shoot down that hill as fast as you freaking can to get back up the lift again. And so that's how he rides. He gets off the truck and he is gone for hours and hours and then <laughs> comes back stop. and it's all like whoops and crazy hard stuff to ride and if you've all ridden whoops and stuff you know what I'm talking about like you can ride a section awesome. you can ride a section for like I don't know a little ways maybe a mile you can ride pretty hard on, on whoops and then at the end of that mile you're like oh dude just, it just never ends with him. 68, it never 60 ends. miles. And he's got the suspension in his KTM 300 to handle it. And so he just goes and goes and goes. I'm just on my motocross bike, you know, straight up not sprung for a 240-pound guy. Yeah. More like 180. So the and suspension you're out of, you're out of uh, fluid, right, in your forks? No, no, no. Oh, they're, they're, they're already built. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And at least, uh, do you know I can do both of them in an hour now? No way. Yeah. New seals. Yeah. No. I'm getting quick. That's awesome. But <laughs> you would think I would just spring it, right? So it didn't happen anymore. But nah, <laughs> you know, well, I'm in there. It's not worth it. <laughs> Get springs, man. There you go. So yeah, we tear off and we're just going through all this crazy, crazy whoops and stuff. He takes me right into the sand first thing through the dunes and stuff. Mm -hmm. Dude, I get into there and all of a sudden I'm like just huffing and puffing through it. And I'm like, I the arm pump hits me and I'm like, I'm starting to lose control of the bike and stuff. And I'm like, this isn't good. And he, he sees a couple of deer off to the side. So we stop. I'm like, finally, <laughs> thank goodness. Oh my gosh. But then he's like, Oh, well, if you're tired already, I'm going to go play around for a bit. So he just tears off and goes ride some more and then comes back and gets me. And I'm feeling like a total pedussy at this point. Uh oh, and oh, we keep going. And, uh, get back to the truck and then we go for a big loop and he's like this one won't be as bad for you but uh it's just so it's sections of whoops through the trees and stuff that we're hitting and there's like you hit them hard and i was just trying to stay as close to him as i could i don't know look better on the gopro and stuff and yeah. oh good you got footage yeah i did get some gopro footage so i was riding his tail pretty good plus i like to push him a little bit because it, we're actually like our riding level is really close and so like i was just getting right up on him and kind of pushing him through stuff making him you know want to go a little harder and stuff yeah. and get a little get a little competition you know how it is you yeah. get out there and start pushing each other it gets a little exciting so we we're doing that through a lot of the stuff and then all of a sudden like this one section I'm going across and it's whooping up this hill and I clip the top and it launches me down like three whoops on the other side. And I was like, Oh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make it down the other side of this whoop. No, I land right on top of it. And I was still sitting down oh. and I freaking just suspension all the way down, <laughs> compress my spine a little bit and then launch back up. And, you know, I, I handled it and kept going, but I was just like, I think I might be like six eight now. <laughs> yeah. like, that freaking was insane. I'm yeah. like, I hope my discs and all that are okay because, like, I could feel my whole spine just like mm, not happy. <laughs> yeah. That sounds like, awful. That's not good for people who this is your first episode to listen to. Six eight is much shorter than stretch actually is. So <laughs> that yeah, that's a full. For most of us, that's yeah. tall. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that's a. 
Yeah. We just hauled out through the stuff, and we were going through all this. Uh, the My favorite spots is there's a whole bunch of, like, tree areas, and there's trails through them that are just, like, turn, 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 turn. It's all these berms inside oh, of I it. I love that. And, dude, I pushed him so hard. I, like, I'd get a wheel up on the inside of him and stuff and <laughs> push him and like just flying through the stuff and we were like third fourth gear through the freaking trees like we were Whoa. hauling and i was just loving it it was the coolest thing ever and then we came through this really um really soft wash it had recently had a bunch of water through it or something because it was just soft as could be and i we were going through it and uh you know how, like, when you're in the soft stuff, you're steering, like, your bars just crank yeah. side to side if you don't have a steering stabilizer? Yep. Well, I was doing that, but it was, like, in every effort to just keep the bike up. Yeah. Because it would, like, start digging in, and i just crank it sideways to, like, kick it back up. And at one point, I went to go into a corner, and I leaned into it just a little far, and I cranked the bars all the way to try to pop myself back up a little bit and I pushed my foot all the way down when I put my foot down it just sunk all the way in there was just nothing stopping my foot so Whoa. I just poof tipped over and <laughs> barrel rolled a little bit it was wow it was a gnarly one yeah but I got up it was fine after that then I was doing a hill climb and I was like all right this is gonna be a great shot I'm riding this ravine with him and i'm right on his butt this is gonna be a great shot we start going up this huge rocky steep hill and uh, i was like i was split second thought i better not follow him too close up a hill because every time you follow someone up a hill they hesitate and then you kill your bike yeah every time yep i was like It'll be fine. Dude, he freaking has a recluse clutch. He, like, stops almost halfway up, and I freaking kill my bike and tip over. And when it tips over, freaking brake lever, front brake lever, snaps off oh. all the way down, like, right to the nub. Oh, nothing, and so I'm there. on a hill trying to go up the hill, no front brake to hold on to, so I have no way of holding the bike pointed up the hill and starting it at the same time. Mm-hmm. Some people have an electric start because that's cool, you know. <laughs> well, it's just smart. You would have been awesome on the beta there. Yeah. But so I get the bike sideways and I kick it and I turn it and get it going up the hill and it dies. And I do this like six times. And finally, I'm just like, you know what? I'm just going to clutch the crap out of it. I don't care. So I ride the clutch and I get it up and make it up the hill without a front brake. And then we uh, turned around and came back down. I was like, I broke my brake lever. Like, I don't know. I can't follow you through the trees and all that stuff as hard as I have been. I got to take it easy. So I was like, all right, sounds good. Well, I'll take you off through this trail and stuff. And we're going along and I was riding pretty good. And then all of a sudden, I don't know what happened, but my back end kicked to the right. I started going to the left. I grabbed front brake, no front brake, grab rear brake, tree. <laughs> no way. Yeah. Just full on into right a tree. Into a tree. Full on second gear into a tree. Wow. Yeah, I hit hard. <laughs> and like and it's all on the GoPro. That's the best part. Nice. Like you watch it and you're like, oh, you hit hard. Oh, snaps yeah. So I hit it and fall off the bike and I thought I'd like my wrist went numb instantly and I was like, no. And then I was like, wait for it. Oh yeah, it's good. It's good. <laughs> 
We're all good. Wait for the pain. Yep. Didn't happen. Yep. It was good. all good. No breakage. So after that, I was just like, yeah, I'm done, dude. <laughs> so went back, but it is an awesome place to ride. I, you would really like it there. Your beta would shine. Yeah. Um, That's the kind of stuff I wanted to get into when I got you the do, beta. You, I'm pretty sure you'll want a steering stabilizer on your bike before you do some of that stuff. Mine's pretty wobbly. Because his, his, he was having a hard time with his because he's like, every once in a while, I'd look up ahead of me and it's like to see what he was doing while I was following him real close. And like you could see him just fighting his twitchy steering yeah. the whole time. And I was just like, man, I don't even do that. Like my yeah. bike doesn't do that that bad my bike's twitchy just going like when you get going real fast just on a straight road Mm -hmm. get up in there like above 70 yeah it just constantly does this you just have to like relax and let it happen otherwise it gets worse yeah (laughs) my bike doesn't do 70 yeah it's fun man so yeah cherry creek freaking awesome success so dude honda Announced their uh, 2017 CRF 450. Tell me about it. It is truly an all-new bike. I no need to, way. I need to pull it up because I can't remember everything off the top of my head. But there's a $650 option for electric. They have options now? For electric start on it. Electric start. They're coming around on a CRF 450R, not the X. Really? It's an option. You have to add it. I'd add it. It comes with a kit. I'm getting old. I'd add it. I'm I'm sold on the electric start. Dude, it makes life so easy. You know, 10 years ago, it wasn't cool because 10 years ago, people, there were still lots of like two stroke holdouts, you know, like kickstart and two stroke and this. And finally now four strokes mainstream. And now two strokes like, nah, dude, Yeah, (laughs) you can do two stroke and electric start. It's all good. And four stroke and And just all around. It's just things change over time. All right. We're in a good spot for motocross stuff right now. Yeah. Like there's some really good stuff out there. Yeah. (laughs) They, uh, <laughs> the Honda's website right now says it's $884,900. You gotta take a picture of that. All right. That's the I most don't... expensive production bike I've ever seen. It's, uh, I don't have my phone on me. It's, uh, but it's coming up on nine grand. They're getting expensive. All right, where's the stuff? They redesigned the entire engine, exhaust, ergonomics, suspension, everything. They went back to the, the wet suspension instead of the air that they were doing for a while. Oh, very nice. Everyone thought that it was really nice, but they, it just has problems that can't be overcome, so they went back. Downdraft fuel injection. So that, I think Yamaha has that. Oh, interesting. So it's just less restrictive. They they made the rear shock shorter and mounted it lower, so it's like almost horizontal now. Not horizontal, but it's a lot more horizontal than it used to be. It's sideways. Oh, oh, I get Instead what you mean. Instead of up and down like this, it's I like get what you mean. This is it a one-to-one linkage, uh, or does it have like the that. linkage underneath it? To I'm pretty sure it has it. the normal linkage underneath. It, yeah, it like compound. They yeah. they did math. <laughs> they did math. Yeah, they do math there. New Showa Spring Fork. It's a 49 millimeter. I think 48 was the standard before. It just gets bigger over time. Every every few years, they'll mm-hmm. go up one, you know. Man, 
man, I need to find the thing that I read about it. It was, it's all new. Just know that it's got the the programs on it. The engine's way lighter, way smaller. That's insane. How can you make um, just the graphics are inlaid? So everywhere that the graphic is, it's like indented in, so you don't wear it out. Oh, really? Yeah. So that's that's, that's pretty clever. pretty gnarly. That's clever. Um, and they went back so that the back fender's red and the number plate's white, like old school looking, like yeah, retro looking. Even though it's all That's one piece, it should be. yeah. Still uh, dual dual mufflers. They're doing dual mufflers. Yeah, they have been for a couple of years. Really, I hate that. But it's Those a, are it's expensive. a totally new design. Yeah, a lot of people when you buy aftermarket systems, you can just, just get the single, single exit. Yeah, but. They do their they do their math. Oh, compression ratio is up to thirteen point five to one from twelve point five. Ringeting, that so is. that's pretty freaking high. Like they're getting crazy with those. Like even in like your four cylinder cars and stuff like that nowadays. Like they're mm-hmm. all super high compression. Yeah, I know it makes it more efficient, but that's that's pretty dang high. Yeah. Um. My the YZ250 before 2011 was like 11 and a half to one, mm-hmm. and in 2011 when they started putting the ethanol in the fuel, they or I think it was the year before that, but in 2011 Yamaha they lowered the compression in the YZ250 because it couldn't run on that that weird that crappy fuel, mm-hmm. so it was only 11 to one. But now like my Beta is 13.5 to one, really, and these are 13.5 to one now. It's amazing, man. That's just crazy. Motocross bikes with the electric start. And the uh, the frame is redesigned, too. Like, it's literally not... Every year, every manufacturer's like, all oh, new design. It's like just different graphics is all it is, you know. Mm. But this is truly a new bike, and this is the one that I would buy if I was buying a 2017 450. Very nice. From what I have seen. I'm so far away from that market. <laughs> <laughs> Know, but man. wait, there's more. <laughs> but wait, let's uh, let's uh, let's talk a little thing about new bikes. Oh, Alta. Oh boy, Alta dirt bikes. What? Alta motors. Electric dirt bikes. It's happening. It happened. So Professor Joshua Hill of Supercross fame, yes, piloted an Alta Motors. What is it called? I don't know. Redshift MX to eighth place. In the Red Bull straight rhythm. So you say eighth place, but here's the trick. He had to win a set against a, a legit race bike to Professional make it into eighth class. place. Yeah. Yep. Like he actually beat someone yeah. to get to that spot. And he beat him on an electric bike. Yeah. And he went three rounds, I believe, with it in that first heat. Which so he lost. He won one, lost one, and then won one again, and pulled it out in the sudden death match. Yeah. So that was really cool. And if you guys watched it, you guys saw the dude just go nuts. Like Josh Hill coming out of retirement because of serious injuries and stuff, hopping on an Alta bike, and then laying it down and like throwing down. Yeah, throwing down against guys that are serious supercross current competitors right yeah. now and doing it on an all electric bike like that's that is it's pretty wild yeah really cool stuff 
So though these Alta Motors bikes, very impressive. They were on motorcycles and misfits mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, if not a few months ago. And the things that you learn about them is really impressive. Here are just some numbers. Everyone wants to know the range of an electric bike. For what they designed this for, keep in mind, it's motocross. Mm-hmm. You're not going far and crazy, but it's got a two-hour range, with the, which I think is good. I think that's, yeah, that's about what a gas dirt bike can do on a tank of gas. Mm-hmm. But it takes two and a half hours to recharge on 220 volt. Mm-hmm. It's also not bad. It's 250 pounds. That's how much bikes weigh. Wet, you know. Yeah. Here's where they get you. It's 40 horsepower, which is, I think, more than the lights class, the 250 class bikes torque is 120 foot pounds and you know that's what moves people that's what moves people yeah that's that's super sport torque yeah that's insane that is a uh, ton of freaking torque in a dirt bike at 250 pound dirt bike that mm -hmm. is a lot of torque put into that wheel they're already doing an impressive job of getting that power down and making a competitive bike obviously Mm -hmm. they've spared no expense on the suspension which if you think about it that was a really good decision not going cheap on suspension because when you're talking dirt bikes and racing and stuff like that suspension makes all the difference in the world yep so you put your prototype motor or whatever something you're trying to get out there and put it with the best suspension you can get. Great combination. Yep. Really smart. And I think that over time, I mean, this is their first major showing, right? First, mm-hmm. like, professional. Yeah, that was their first professional race they've won. Yeah. And it was their first time racing in a professional race. Mm-hmm. And they went out there and beat someone with it. Yep. And they'll get better at controlling the power, getting it down. Because I think the main thing is there's you can't get 120 foot pounds of torque down to dirt. There's just no way. So they'll have to work on the controllers and then, um, you know, dial in suspension and chassis. Yeah. They've already got a killer package, though. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah. It's very good. So, man, yeah, I would I would really like to have one of these bikes, actually. Yeah. I think it would be a ton of fun. Yeah. And when Josh Hill was explaining it on Red Bull, he was talking about how he's so used to hearing the engine noises and where he's at in the revs and all that stuff. And there's just, there's no shifting. There's none of that stuff with his bike. And so all he's thinking about is all he's hearing is his tire slip. (laughs) Like he hears his tire slip. He can hear the other bikes. And so now he's just focused on, am I spinning the wheel in this part? Am I, do I have my body right in this part? Like it's just all, he has better things to worry about now. Mm-hmm. It's like when people went from racing manual cars to automatic cars, you know, there's there's a big difference, you mm-hmm. know. You can focus on new things and improve your riding in different ways. So I hear that. In a way, this is becoming a very innovative new thing to push the sport even farther. That's true. Yeah, just like with all motorsports, mm-hmm. they you have to adapt to new technology, and that's probably another limiting factor. I bet this bike is capable of winning as soon as the professionals can adapt to mm-hmm. riding them to their full potential. Yeah, definitely. You know, and like if you would have taken so in the 450 class of the Red Bull Straight Rhythm, Ryan Dungey and his uh, partner in crime—I forget his name—the French guy. Uh, Muskin? Yeah, Marvin Muskin. So, Ryan Dungey and what's his name? Marvin Muskin? 
Muskin took first, and he was so much faster than everybody the entire day. Like, mm-hmm. he was laying down some crazy times, and he was just how he would enter every single whoop and every single jump and how he would land them and everything. Everything was just perfect, super smooth. You could just see how he would just pick up tents on every single obstacle and just pull away from everybody. Wow. And it was more his riding technique and how he was so technically perfect on every single thing that if he would have been on the electric bike in the 250 class, he would have won it. No problem. I'm pretty sure. Really? Like... The dude is insane. Yeah. He can seriously lay it down. So, I mean, you get the right rider on a bike, too, and it's going to yeah. make a huge difference because talent, I mean, goes a long way when you're talking about a race where every tenth counts. Yeah. And so, big deal there. Alta Motors has got some cool stuff going on. Yeah. And proving that it can compete in a professional race where every tenth counts and beat someone in it and move up the line, big deal. Yeah. Big deal. It is a big deal. Yeah. So I'm looking at this, and it looks like Josh Hill actually took fourth. The thing that I had seen before said he, mm-hmm. it was eighth. So fourth place is way more impressive than I think I he, he, he was in the eighth seed in the bracket. Oh, yeah. And then ended up in fourth. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So fourth, he almost podiumed on a electric bike. <laughs> yeah. First time ever competing. Mm-hmm. And here's another thing I want to say about this, the Red Bull straight rhythm combines all of our favorite things yes motocross and drag racing yes dude it's <laughs> both of our favorite it's things. awesome it's like excite bike 60 or the old excite bike is that it it's an old nintendo game where oh, okay. it's like uh olympic running lanes like on a an olympic track yeah. but it's just straight and you got your bikes doing the jumps le- and stuff it's just all jumps and stuff but yeah combining drag racing so starts you know you got to have all your your 60 foot times have got to be awesome and they actually start on like a, a corrugated metal deal oh, they yeah. don't, so they they don't start in the dirt yeah so they launch off the starting box into the dirt and then you know they're just trying to pick time up across every single obstacle and then there's um in this one there were three or four different speed um what did they call them it's an obstacle that basically cuts your speed. You have to scrub this single jump. Mm-hmm. Um, what would have been cool is if someone would have freaking launched it anyway to the next obstacle. But, I mean, <laughs> no it would have been insane to do that. Hundreds of feet. <laughs> yeah. But here's, a, here's my favorite part about watching the Red Bull straight rhythm. So Ronnie Mack shows up <laughs> to have a good time and play around. Does, anyway, do, do we know who he really is? He's Ronnie Mack, man. I want to find out who he's our, he really is. He's our spirit animal. Because you can tell he's actually talented. Yeah. No, 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 no. He actually is talented because here's the funny thing. He shows up to play around on his 1998 <laughs> two-stroke 250 <laughs> to dick around and have a good time. Uh-huh. And then he says, time me. I want to qualify. Qualify seventh. <laughs> He qualifies freaking seventh and with all of these Supercross pro riders. Yeah. That's when you're like Who is he? on the old bike. That's is it Ronnie Renner? Because he's funny. It it honestly could be. I don't know. I don't know. And he was a racer. Like, he's pretty yeah. fast. 
Yeah, but that's the funny thing. Like, Ronnie Renner, like, he's not the Supercross guy you think of. Mm -hmm. And he's like, he's just a fun character in the motocross world that has a great time. And we love to watch him. Super entertaining. But he goes out there on the old bike with the chop fenders and everything. (laughs) And we used to do it. And then just like, time me. (laughs) Let's run this. And then freaking qualifies way past a bunch of people and kicks people off the list. To Did race. He, so he yeah was yeah he huh? qualified and he That's wasn't so the last awesome. qualifier on the 98 CR yeah exactly wow. yeah that's <laughs> why I'm saying that that made me super happy that was my favorite part of the whole thing watching the Alta bike was awesome but that part made me laugh <laughs> that's way funny yeah and then he gets out there and, and he's got an open it. face helmet with a bandana right yeah well he's yeah he had a real motocross helmet but he cut it. So the face was open. <laughs> and then he was like all duct taped. So it wasn't sharp edges. Yeah. And then had his uh, American flag bandana on. And the funny part is when he got beat in it, he went to like three races. I can't remember if he won a set or not. But anyway, he lost his last race and he was out. And everybody was giving each other high fives on the way out and stuff. So, so he rides up to give him a high five. And then... The guy goes reach out to give a high five, and he takes it back in and shakes his head and takes <laughs> off in a wheelie. <laughs> Just like, not happening. <laughs> Just super fun. Super fun. That's awesome. So, yeah. I'm going to find out who he is. I don't know if it's a secret and we just don't know. Yeah. Or if nobody knows. I just know he's super entertaining. That's awesome. I love watching him. I love when he shows up. Anyway, he was in his overalls and everything too, racing. (laughs) I love love when he does such a fun character. You know, front wheel high, just jumping. (laughs) (laughs) No style. It's great. And then it's like, (laughs) it makes stuff that's like, you got all these. KTM factory riders taking all the podiums, right? Right. He got all this straight up business, professional, Japanese. You have to be this standard. You have to be clean cut, clean shaven. You know, you got to mention all your sponsors, do all this stuff just right. And then he got people like Ronnie Renner that just, or not Ronnie Renner, Ronnie Mac. Ronnie Mac that show up <laughs> and make it fun for people because. This sport's meant to be fun. It's meant to be serious, but it's meant to be fun at the same time. And I'm glad that both of those aspects were in this Red Bull straight rhythm and made it a ton of fun. And there was actually some really good racing. They there were some really close races where it was like back and forth the whole way through and you're like, go, 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 go. Like it's like, who's gonna get it? And the people like there's an eight pack at the ending people were launching off the last one just giving it all and landing flat landing on the face of the jump the finish line jump to try to get launch it and get through to the finish line dang and stuff they they were pushing it dude it was insane it was a super fun event i i hope they keep that around i really do so it looks like um every podium finisher was on ktm except for this guy who was on the kawasaki yeah that's so that was the 250 class. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. the 450 class was all KTM factory. Yeah. Do those 450 factory KTM riders. No, no, no. This is this is lights class. Those are KTM I, guys, aren't they? Yeah, these are all KTM guys. All yeah. the lights Dude, class. Dude, the lights this class is, was really fun to watch. Yeah, there's Dungey. That's Dungey, right? And yep. that's the French guy, Muskin. Yeah. And who's that? Oh, is that Josh Hansen? I haven't seen him in a while. Yeah, it's probably him. Cool. Anyway, really fun. Fun stuff. Really fun event. 
I I didn't watch it when it happened. I watched some highlights and stuff afterwards. Dude, I watched all three hours of it on Facebook. Really? Yeah. It had a link to the three-hour-long video, and I watched the whole thing. It was fantastic. Gangsta. I couldn't put it down. Yeah. Yeah, dude, I love that. I've watched it before. Yeah. I, I love the Red Bull events. Red Bull and, and is like Monster. Like, the, well, they've got like the old X guy, Games Sal guy announcing yeah. it and everything. Like, it's the new X Games. Yeah. Like, X Games has kind of fallen off the map, and Red Bull's they've got really a better over. finger on the pulse of what people want to see. Yeah, because they got wings. Yeah. And uh, like the Monster Energy Cup, that's that thing's awesome that comes around. Yeah. I don't know if they did it this year, though. The first year it went, freaking Ryan Villapoto won a million dollars because he swept the floor. He won every time. That was cool to see. And then the freestyle was nuts. Oh, yeah. So, so man, I want to talk about some new technology. Let's talk about it. Well, here, first, let's finish our thoughts on the Alta motorcycle. You said you want one. Yes, I do. What, besides price, would hold you back from buying one? An electric bike. If price was the only thing, if if price wasn't a factor, I'd go buy it now. That's that's your choice. There's, so here's so buying that one versus buying a bunch of other ones. Like yeah, like, saying, like any dirt bike right now. What would hold you back from buying the electric bike, or is that your number one choice? I'd honestly probably go buy a KTM two stroke three hundred. Yeah. That's how I am too, man. I mean, everyone knows we like our exhaust to cast a shadow. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But uh, so here's my thing with this Alta. I am truly impressed with with electric technology and how it's coming. Mm-hmm. They they don't for some reason electric bikes just still look too electric to me. Like they're not cool enough like, that's well, a really least, shallow thing to say but here's it's like, the the thing though they don't look as bad as like the new commuter teslas and stuff no 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 you no, know no. they they still look fast and they look like a dirt bike and they've got some good things going on but i think the problem for us is is like there's no rear exhaust there's like there's there we're looking missing. we're just we're so used to being in love with our two-stroke and four-stroke gasoline motors that there's things about them that we've really liked and like to play with and stuff mm-hmm. and they're non-existent on these bikes so what do you do yeah so there's like and that's the thing is these alta bikes they are the best looking electric dirt bike yet like oh, they're yeah. getting there but there are certain things that i just don't like about them like this there's no there's nothing in the subframe under See, that i kind of like it, it because it reminds me of the old days where you cut out your airbox to do your superman seat grabs <laughs> like that's what it reminds me of so oh, yeah. i'm like i kind of like that I, I don't really like it. i don't like the tiny little rear number plates i think they need to be a little bigger like even if they were just that low profile but went down like this i think that would look better because that yeah. looks like a mountain bike to me Okay. And then, yeah, like this, it, it this, does kind of look like the little kids' pedal bike yeah. you get at Walmart that's shaped like a dirt bike. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of that. It's just a little bit off. I will say, and then, like, the frame is really, like, fat and everything. And well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't know the, about that. That reminds me of the fat CR frames. Well, it's not that fat. You see where the top of it is? Yeah. That's weird. Like, if it was just this, that'd be cool. Mm hmm. I don't like the angle of the front fender, but I will Dude, say with all, with him riding stuff's it, it all looks meant good. to be cut up anyway. <laughs> Does anybody do that right? <laughs> so. 
And then like the bottom of the frame here, the part that sticks out and you're supposed to see doesn't look good. Like the swing arm looks fantastic. The upper part of the frame looks high yeah, quality. The... Then under here, it just looks like, like spray painted tubing. Yeah. I they need it. to make that look like that. Yeah. If they did a machined aluminum frame. Yeah. That has some cool features on it. I mean, that's all just, that's going to cost a ton of money to do. Yeah. And I mean, you got to try to save money where you can, but yeah, they have done a fantastic job. Yeah. Like this is the coolest dirt bike, electric dirt bike you can, you can find right now. Mm -hmm. These yellow ones though, on their page look like toys yeah. to me. Yeah. They, they, that looks really chintzy, but, but you know what? You gotta start somewhere. And I think that it's cool that they're doing that. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Moving on. As you all know, I'm all about alternative energy forms and new technologies that will allow us to continue to have the choice to use fossil fossil fuels for as long as possible. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, what that means is emissions compliance, nah, uh, that garbage. kind of stuff. <laughs> and... So I'm all about it. I'm not saying I want it in my driveway, but I'm glad it exists and I'm really interested in it. Something I learned about this past week, it is the supercar company Koenigsegg. They have this technology for their valves where there are no cams. No, it's camless valve train. No cams. And uh, so basically what it is, it is... It's a combination of pneumatic and hydraulic valve actuation, and it's totally electronically controlled. So what that means is it's infinitely variable valve timing, mm -hmm. uh, lift, duration, all that. Completely customizable, infinitely variable. You have maximum power at every RPM. And another thing to think about is how a cam works. It's an egg. Mm -hmm. So it, it the, rolls on and it rolls off. It's not just exactly, open and closed. Exactly. So the valve is only all the way open for an instant for and then duration. it's closing again. Yeah. So um, with these, with this free valve, they call it free valve technology. It just open immediately and it stays all the way open and then shuts. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, you can see the implications for power and efficiency and all that with it. Mm -hmm. I think that's awesome. So some other, a couple other little things about it. Um, because you have such precise control, it's really good. So it, uh, it's 100% exhaust scavenging at all RPMs. So you, you have much less risk of knock, almost no risk of knock. So you can run way higher compression. Huh. So performance-wise, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Obviously, the space it occupies is much smaller. It's basically a flat motherboard on mm -hmm. top where the valve train used to go. And so it takes up much less space, which I think has huge implications. Especially, I think that the heavy-duty industry, like diesels, could adopt this. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like do higher output, smaller engines that are way better emissions compliant. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's a good thing. I don't know if they've even looked at that th yet, though, for diesel technology. Uh, and then here's the cool thing. They are working on a two-stroke engine 
because you have such precise control with the valves, you don't have to do four cycles to mm-hmm. do an efficient, you know. Yeah. So it'd be a two-stroke supercar engine. So all of a sudden, half the RPMs, it's the same power. Ringing. Right? <laughs> How do they lube it, though, to where you don't have to run oil through the gas? That's what I want to know. That's a good question. There's all sorts of oil injection technology nowadays, though. Yeah. It just have to be separate. Oh, that's another thing about the Honda thing I just remembered. There's no longer separate clutch and motor oil. It's all one now. Oh, nice. So it's like Which a is nice. two-stroke. Yeah, it's like a two-stroke. Yeah. Cool. Uh, but I just thought that's freaking genius. Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool. So here's here's my thoughts on it, on the <clears throat> broke as a mofo, GM running kind of deal here. It is the anti-LS. Um, <laughs> it, it is. But here's here's the thing. Every time you go with something electric you run into electrical problems eventually. This is true. It doesn't last like Finicky. a hard mechanical object. Sure, mechanical objects will eventually fail, but they're pretty predictable on how long they're going to last if they're mm-hmm. run a certain way. And so you have, like, you never, in an LS motor, you're never worried about your cam wearing out or anything. You know, mm-hmm. you might have problems with lifters or something like that, but... Um, yeah, it's way easier to fix. I don't know if it's easier to fix because that could just be as simple as another drop-in part, you know? It could mm-hmm. be really simple for all I know. I, I'm i not around Koenigsegg Motors, but <laughs> every time I'm allow- around vehicles that have electric technology and they're, they're pushing farther into it, mm-hmm. they have problems. They get finicky and they... Tracing, I just hate computers. Yeah, honestly, I totally like, hear that. I mean, my E30, just electrical problems up the wazoo. Really advanced for its time, yeah. but just like blew up the uh, ECU twice on it. Um, just the coils, all the the sensors and stuff, just going out all the time. Anytime you deal with like sensors and all that stuff, like you just run into all these problems. Working on a bunch of four wheelers right now, they have way more sensors than they need. And I'm having all kinds of problems with them. I'm fixing them. I'm slowly finding them. And the better you get with the electrical stuff, the easier it gets. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you can run that four-wheeler off the same motor that's in my dirt bike and do everything that it can now. That's like, true. And how many sensors are in it? None. None. <laughs> <laughs> it's got a CDI box. It's got your stator and your coil, and that's it. Like, yeah. You can run the bike off of that, and it'd be perfectly fine. I think you have a good point. Like, with your BMW, it was, like, pretty mm-hmm. advanced for its time. And as with all technology, the f- when it first comes out, it's going to have a lot of problems. Yeah. Which I think this will probably run into. It's actually not. They've been working on it since, like, 2000. So it's not. They're coming along. They have a few engines with high mileage on them with no problems. Yeah. But I think it's like with the with the diesel injectors, like they're going more electronic. They're like a quarter of the size they were 20 years ago. Yeah. Just like these little things, super efficient, super consistent, and super reliable. Mm-hmm. It's because they've been around for 10 or 12 years now, and they're getting better. Yeah. And I think it's similar to those valve actuators. It's actually pretty simple. Like it's not real finicky in there. Yeah. But the electronic part is 
what I'm questioning. Yeah, and it's just like, it'll probably be fine. And it's in a supercar, so who really cares? I yeah. mean, you just pay a million dollars and have it fixed anyway, or get yeah. another one, who freaking yeah. cares? But um, I'm just like, I'm such an old school frame of mind kind of person that I'm like, I took, like, I like when the truck goes from fuel injected to carburetor because it makes me happy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. So, I mean... That's, I see what that's you're just saying. my frame of mind and what I prefer. Well, dude, but I, I do love, like technology. Too. I love my old 7.3 mechanical freaking power stroke. Yeah. When I'm looking for cars, I'm looking for old ones. Like that's what I want to own. Cause they're going to freaking last. They last forever. Right? And I can fix them with a hammer. Yeah. You don't have to have special <laughs> stuff, but like, so this, the way that these, uh, this, these valves work, it looks like a transmission on top. Like there's all these little channels and some of them have air and some of them have, the hydraulic fluid mm-hmm. and uh, it works like a transmission. So it's like, it's just a combination of existing technologies. And I think it will come really far, really fast. As soon as it starts getting applied to more than just Koenigseggs, mm-hmm. like I bet they'll sell the technology to other manufacturers and it'll start being a, a common thing. Cause like, yeah. it just makes sense. Electronically controlled. Everything is where we're going. Yeah, and, It does uh, take, you can get more power out of smaller engines. So it's just, yeah, it just takes the whole, it just makes sense need for the cam and gets rid of it because there, there is a better way of doing it. And that is a better way of doing it. Mm -hmm. And as this stuff comes down the pike and becomes more available to everyone, dinosaurs like us, people who like dinosaurs like us, Mm -hmm. will get to use our fun stuff longer. You know what I mean? And it'll be cheaper. Yeah. It'll be way fun. Yeah. So anyway, I'm, I'm all about it. I don't want one, but I think it's super cool. Yeah. I want the Koenigsegg, Koenigsegg, whatever you call it. I would like to have a turn on. I would, yeah. I'd take a $3 million car. The the one to one. Yeah. Come on. FNA cotton. So dude, I was in Portland this week. Yeah. I was at Daimler headquarters and in the headquarters, there is a Western star, custom Western Western star. Mm -mm. Have you heard of Western star? Okay. It's like all the drivetrain is the same as Freightliner stuff, so it's good. But the outside looks way cooler to me than Freightliners look. The Just Western Stars used to look terrible, though. Really? Like, you and see a lot of the older ones going down the road, you're just like, yeah. I think I drew that when I was five. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah they, they, uh, they weren't good, like, even, I don't know, 10 or 15 years ago. I was hearing stories they weren't good, but I think they've come a long way. I don't know their whole history. All I know is I was looking at this, and it looks awesome. It's a new truck. It was black, had gold pinstriping and all this stuff. And I kept looking at it from distance, even snapped a picture. And I was going around. And I was like, wait a second. There was like a big W on it with some kind of design. I got closer. Trans Am design on it. It's the Bandit. They call it the Bandit. It's Smokey awesome. and the Bandit yeah. paint job on it in Daimler's freaking corporate offices. I was like, there you go. I can get on board with this. Eastbound and down. <laughs> music <laughs> while you while you look that up um i'll tell you a little more i noticed about portland i was in like downtown downtown smart cars everywhere electric smart cars everywhere and then like the box trucks these semi trucks cannot go downtown like you think salt lake city is hard to drive around i used to think that until i went to portland just now dude you can't get a semi-truck downtown. You just can't. There are these box trucks, and they just go right down the middle of the road. Like, you can't stay in a lane. It's too small. 
I'm like, holy crap, man. And then the other thing I noticed were was obviously Portland full of hipsters. Volvos everywhere. I was like dying because there were so many freaking 240 wagons. <laughs> I love. Let it suffice to say Portland is weird. I think we're going to have uh, some car-worthy apparel people on the show here in a little Street bit. Street-worthy apparel? <laughs> Just keep naming them different things. Street-worthy apparel. Yeah, they hooked us up with some swag. They're going to yeah. come on the show? I think so. I cool. think we're going to get some of them on the show. At least some of the Cody's. The Cody's. Yeah. Awesome. I've met the, the whole crew now. There's some, there's some cool people. They've yeah. got a cool business model set up. Giving away a car. Toy- if y'all are interested in JDM2 to Max, they've got a Toyota MR2 they're going to be giving away. So, man, last week we struggled. We sat down and recorded. I went back through and I was editing it. It just sucked. I was like, dude, we have to skip this week. We got nothing. And then we tried again with the camera and everything, and that wasn't great either. Do you know what's funny? What? People commented on how much they liked that. They did? Well, like, to me, personally. That's good. Yeah. They're like, you guys should do more YouTube stuff where you can see your facial expressions and there's that extra visual aid to it. There were some funny moments. I was like, I understand that. Podcast is our real home, but I can see us doing more YouTube stuff. A lot of people do video podcasting. We should look into what that takes. That's the thing, though. Like, I'm apparently I've just got a skewed interpretation of stuff because, like, I try to watch... Finnegan show like I really like listening to Finnegan and what he's got to say and stuff but I cannot watch the Finnegan and Kippy show that's true the whole way through on YouTube like I can listen to it on the podcast no problem but trying to watch it like it's it's it makes me so we could do like a little section every once in a while do that I don't mind took way too long that time because I was trying to figure out what to keep and what yeah like it was just I wasn't satisfied and you know how I get. If I'm not in the right mood, too, it's over. <laughs> yeah. Gotta be in a good mood. I, That's not, why I couldn't I do it yesterday. I'm not good at faking it. I could have made it work yesterday and moved things around. We could have yeah. done it, but I was just, we were, I was struggling. Yeah, me too. So I was just like, today yeah. is not the day. Yeah. I feel much better today. I don't know how those actors go to work every day and are able to, like, just. Dude, if I was getting paid Put for it, I could face. do it. <laughs> uh, I don't know about me, dude. I get, like, I show my emotions and I say what I'm thinking. Like, that's, I don't, I'm not good at hiding stuff yeah. like that. I'm not good at putting it behind me, you know? Yeah. Like, when I'm pissed at work, people know I'm pissed at work because I tell them I'm pissed at work. <laughs> Here I am working. This you is know, me. I'm pissed. not happy. They can yeah. tell. But when I'm happy, you know I'm happy. You know I'm Things are going good, so I, I just boil close to the surface, you could yeah, say. I hear that. Tomorrow's Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. More scary stories. So here is your final scary story for the month of October. Alrighty. Are you ready for this? I think we're ready. Cue scary music. So back in the day, I used to live in the greater Salt Lake area. It's a little place called Murray. It's a suburb of Salt Lake. Anyway, I lived in one of the first houses built in Murray. My parents were renting it out. The house was crazy old and super creepy. It was an old brick house. And uh, 
my dad finished part of the basement so I could stay you down could there. You could sleep in there. <laughs> like, it already had, like, walls in it, but he just kind of finished a couple of the walls to make it a, a, a room. There's parts of that basement that have, like, the, the big shelf that comes out, the concrete, and it goes way back in, and no one, no one had ever been back there that I knew. No one in my family had been back there. Not even my dad, when he was working down there, had been back in there. Yikes. And then it was just like, it was just dark. There's spider webs everywhere. There were spiders everywhere. Like those big old wolf looking spiders. Uh, they that. were just everywhere. It had this little bathroom and uh, only part of the basement was finished. So the bathroom had like the old wood paneling uh, yeah. on the walls. And um, it had a toilet with, uh, I don't even think it had a toilet seat lid. Like it was just a toilet. <laughs> And you could use it, but you'd only be peeing it, you know what I mean? <laughs> it was like this all crappy and brown looking sink and stuff, and there was a mirror in it, and I would never look in that mirror because I was always scared that when I'd look up, I'd see something behind me. <laughs> and there was no light, and there was no light in the bathroom. Oh my. And there was only a shower curtain that was on it for a door. Oh my. And so it was just like, it was super ghetto, super creepy. Yeah. And. When you would run up the, when you, when you'd go up the stairs, I say run up the stairs because you never walked up those <laughs> stairs because it always felt like something was right behind you as you were going up the stairs. I remember a lot of things from when I was really really young, like two years old and stuff, and I can remember like my apartment and all that from when we moved out when I was three. I can remember a lot of it. Hmm. And stuff. And I can remember walking around. I can remember walking in my parents' room. I can remember what my bed was, where my rocking horse was. Like, so I had a pretty good memory of early days. And I don't remember my dreams from when I was younger. So this is where it gets weird. I remember something. I want to say it was a dream, but I don't know. And I don't really remember dreams very well. So either it was that bad of a dream or it really happened. Oh, man. You know, I'm going to sleep. Everything's all right, you know. I have my uh, my TV there. I got uh, my Ninja Turtles sitting around, keeping me company. Yep. Going to sleep. It's pitch black down there. Hey, no light down there. And I fall asleep. And it's the middle of the night, and I feel something pull my foot. I'm like, well, what's going on? You know, you know how you get that, like, startling, like, that instant, like, shock. Oh, what's, you know, what the heck? Um, mm -hmm. So I get that, and I look down on my foot, and there's nothing there. And then it grabs my other foot and pulls me. And it pulls me oh, like a foot. Heck no. So my feet are off the edge of the bed now. And I start freaking out. I'm trying to push myself back. I have no control. It's got me. Like, it has a firm hold on my legs. It picks me up off of the bed by my feet and I'm trying to grab at my feet and so I'm doing like a crunch right now try, trying to grab my feet to, and I grab a hold of my legs and I'm trying to pull them back and it is taking me off my bed towards the bathroom and then we start turning towards the unfinished area of the basement and I'm freaking out I'm screaming I'm doing everything I can to weigh me down and then that's where my memory ends. Crime and I don't remember if I made it 
into the unfinished area of the basement. I don't remember if I got away. <laughs> I don't remember if it was actually a dream because it's just like all the memories I have from that house and from the house before that. So I don't know if I was being taken by a ghost or not. That was scary. And we're back. I'm scared. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All right. Let's wrap this up. So, creative writing. He's been doing a fantastic job lately. He's blowing up. Is he? He's getting good stuff. He rode with uh, Liza at Naked Gym. Oh, good deal. Uh, the last ep- I haven't listened to is the one that just came out this weekend, but mm-hmm. the one before that, he did the whole section with uh, with accents. It was hilarious. Very good. He's, he's nailed the Welsh accent. <laughs> the only Welsh thing about me is I was born, like, I had a jacked up grill. I had teeth from Wales for sure when I was little kid. <laughs> I had braces twice, man. <laughs> That's funny. That's no joke. That's funny. Um, but anyway, so congrats to him. Thanks for his support. He likes us. Um, and then also, don't forget to check out Streetworthy Apparel. I think their website will be live on December 1st, yeah? Mm-hmm. So it's about a month. Yes, sir. And uh, you can start following them on social media and stuff. I think they're doing stuff. And they're they're going out to every event they can. They've been busy. So, mm-hmm. so check them out. And I think we're probably going to sell stuff on their website. Yeah. Is that what they've decided? Oh, oh, t-shirts, man. Oh. We're getting very close. You sent me some, some, cool stuff some pics there. of some designs that yep. we had done. They're sick. You'll soon be able to get your stockers for Square's awesomeness. Swag. Yeah. I always hated the word swag. You don't like swag? Well, uh, I think the reason is is it was associated heavily with basketball. Uh, and that, uh, you know, you get your swag, man. Oh, like, yeah, you want your swag, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you I'm gotta, talking about you gotta get swag. Your, your shoes different. and your hats and, you know, your fancy, like... Gym clothes or whatever, you know, yeah. warm up outfit, get your swag. You know, it's all it's all about the swag. We had to like run extra drills so we could get our swag a day early and stuff. And <laughs> I was just like, I can freaking care less. I'm not gonna wear it anyway. <laughs> and if I wear it, I'm gonna wear it while I'm working on a motorcycle. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, me and my. I mean, swag. Keep your eyes open, fellas yep. and ladies. We're gonna make some stuff for y'all. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. I hope you have a great week, and remember, stock is for squares. So make it yours. Mm-hmm.